Hello, hello. It's great day to be alive. Welcome back to the Be Alive podcast. My name is Claire, and I'm so excited you're here. I feel like I haven't talked with you guys in, honestly, months. I feel like the last time I sat down to record or did an off-the-cuff podcast recording was maybe February or something. So thank you for bearing with me and, you know, dealing with this gap in production, so to speak. But I'm actually, I feel like, okay, to back it up and explain where I am right now, I'm in the car, classic. I feel like every time I record one of these, it's always an off-the-cuff, like, spur-of-the-moment type deal where I either need to think through something to help myself or I just think of something that's been on my mind and I'm like, oh my god, it would be a really good time to record about it. So, in this case, I'm actually recording right now to help myself because I'm having a pretty bad anxiety day. For those of you with anxiety, I feel like you will know exactly what I'm talking about, but today started off great. I went to the gym, I worked out, I went on a super long, like, well, super long to me, four-mile walk with um, my two best friends and roommates, and it was just like a great day, like the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, that kind of deal. However, for reasons unbeknownst to me, today my brain is just like, you know what, Claire, like, today's not the day for you. It's no one likes you, you're super weird, you're really uncool, everyone's talking about you behind your back, like that sort of thing. And I think a lot of times when I try to explain anxiety to people that don't have it, they will, like, make the assumption that having anxiety means just being, like, overly overwhelmed, <laughs> which, whatever, that's good to make any sense. So being overwhelmed more so than, quote-unquote, normal by, you know, what I think most people would consider stressful then. So, for example, you know, I have a really tough day at work, I get super anxious, or I get to fight with my friend, I get super anxious. Like, I think that's what some people may think that anxiety is, and for sure, at least for me, just speaking to my own experience, that's definitely a part of it, but I feel like a lot of anxiety is more so, like, just having random panic attacks for no reason, or just being in, like, a funk. I talked about this in another episode, like, having an off day where you literally just, for no discernible reason, you just feel so out of it, just, like very out of body, like your friends don't like you, your family doesn't like you, like you're doing nothing right, that sort of thing. And so, for whatever reason today, like that happened to me, and it was just like little things that most people I feel like would shake off, like just, I don't know, like I just like woke up on the wrong side of the bed, I feel like like my roommates were like helping out around the house, and I just feel like I was being like super grumpy or like not appreciative, and then I went to the spiral of like, they're cleaning and you're not, you're a horrible roommate, they don't really want to be friends with you, they don't really like you, they're going to talk about you all day behind your back, and they're going to become better friends with you, and, like, just all this stuff. Like, I feel like for me, a lot of times when I have, a, like, a panic attack, which I think just happened, uh, a lot of my panic attacks are sort of this spiraling just mindset or, like, thought pattern of, like, okay, we started here with something, like, pretty innocuous, and then... You know, that was point A, and now we're over to point B, which is completely, like, worlds away from point A on the scale of, you know, like, I don't know, severity, I guess. So, for example, like, okay, you know, my roommate taking out the trash and me feeling, like, a little bit guilty about it, and now that's point A, and now I'm at the scale of, like, my roommate took out the trash, 
and I'm a horrible person, and no one likes me, and everyone just, like, wishes that I weren't here, like, all this stuff, you know, and I guess the point that I'm trying to make with this, or, like, why I wanted to spark this episode was, number one, to calm myself down and kind of, like, rationally talk it out, and number two, kind of approach the topic of what do you do when you're having a panic attack, because at least for me, like... And I feel like this is kind of funny because I did so hard to tell one of the main things that we learned about is how to teach people coping skills. And I do that all the time in my internship and in my job and, like, whatever. And what's funny to me is that I can know all about this. I can learn all about this. I can put it into practice with other people, like, every single day. But I cannot, for the life of me, like, need to do it for myself. And, you know, I think with coping strategies, Obviously, it's different for every person. What works for one individual might not work for the next person, so on and so forth. I feel like we all know this. But the thing that kind of, I could use this word, but the thing that hurts me about this whole idea of, like, coping strategies is, to me, sometimes they feel very ineffective, regardless of, you know, considering that, like, everyone has different coping strategies. And I feel like I worded that really weirdly, so let me back up and kind of explain what I mean. My attitude towards coping skills is I think that no matter what, even if you take a step back from this belief that, like, everyone uses different strategies, everyone has something that works for them that might not work for another person, even if you consider that, I still feel like sometimes there just, like, isn't a strategy, and maybe that's just me being, like, cynical and I just haven't found my perfect thing yet. But I think a lot of times the strategies that I've learned or I've been taught to use with others are very, like, they're very useful if in the moment you're already in kind of like a state of awareness and can understand that and know that you need to start bringing yourself down. So, for example, like, a really common coping strategy is, like, listening to music or, like, drawing or something. Great coping strategy, for sure, helps you take your mind off of things. However, I think at least for me, when I'm in the middle of a full-fledged panic attack, my initial reaction is not like, you know what, let me go and, like, grab some coloring books and a couple colored pencils and just, like, vibe for a little bit. Like, that is not where I'm at, and that is not at all what I want to be doing. And, you know, I think I've talked with a lot of people in the social work field about this and kind of try to take their brains about, like, okay, is this just me? What's the deal with these coping strategies? Like, is there a more effective way? And I feel like every time I've had this conversation, they, the people that I've talked with and spoken to have always said something kind of similar along the lines. Like, well, you just haven't found the strategy that's right for you yet. Or, you know, have you tried, like, taking deep breaths? Or have you tried counting? Or, like, there was this one person that I worked with, and I honestly love her, so this is, like, no shade to her at all. It just was not for me. But I mentioned that I was having, like, pretty frequent panic attacks at my internship. And she said to me, she was like, you know what I find really helpful is to just find a stone. And it could be a smooth stone. It could be a rough stone. Just, like, any stone you want. Just hold it in your pocket. And, you know, any moments of stress, just hold that stone and and be grounded and really feel grounded. And uh, to be clear, when I was speaking with this person, I was mentioning pretty high-stress scenarios in which, like, people who have pretty severe clinical diagnoses were 
becoming physically, verbally, or emotionally, like, aggressive and abusive towards me. And I can laugh about it now, but at the time, I just remember being like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm telling you that this person is, like, trying to hit me or, like, just all this stuff, and you're telling me to, like, you know, hold this rock or whatever. It was just, like, so funny to me. And to be honest with you, I, I did try and give her the benefit of the doubt, and I, you know, I tried it, like, once or something. And it wasn't for me. I'll just, we'll leave it at that. It was not for me. And today in the car when I was having my panic attack, it just kind of made me think, like, okay, will I ever find, like, a coping skill that's right for me or something that works? And especially, like I mentioned earlier, when you're having those feelings that are just, like, so strong in the moment, like I said, where you're getting from point A to point B and it's just this crazy, really destructive spiral. And... One of the first things I started thinking of was, like, okay, like, what am I anxious about right now? And for me, I was anxious that my friends hate me. They don't really like me. They're talking about me behind my back. They don't value me as a person, and they don't see me as a good person. Which, like, okay, super, (laughs) super dark, whatever. But so, stepping back a little further, like, those are the thoughts that I'm having, and it's what's causing me stress and what's causing me anxiety. And one of my therapists one time told me to try, and I don't know if this is necessarily a coping strategy, I think it's more so like how to start training your brain to snap out of these negative thought patterns, so I guess maybe it's a coping skill in a way. But she told me that I need to start looking at the situation as it was presented to me. So say, for example, that I'm texting a friend, and the language that they're using in the text is a little bit more trippy than they would normally use. They're giving me kind of short answers. I'm pressing them to see what's okay, and they're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine, like over and over again. So to me, you know, knowing that friend really well, knowing how they normally speak to me, knowing their kind of normal text exchange patterns, I guess, my first thought would be, like, this person is not okay. This person is really upset with me. I've gone off. I've done this bad thing. I'm a horrible friend. Yada, yada, yada. And my therapist said, like, in that moment, even though, you know, part of you logically is able to say, I know this person well. This is probably how they're feeling. This is probably, you know, them being mad at me, whatever. Even though part of you logically can say that, take a step back even further and say, what is this person telling me? What do I, like, concretely know from this situation? And then the example of the text message is, okay, my friend is telling me they're fine. That is the message that they're sending to me. Whether it's passive-aggressive or not, we're not even going to think about that, speak on it, consider it, whatever. The message that I have received is I'm fine. So until they tell me otherwise, that is the message that I'm going to run with and kind of consider to be true. And obviously that example is, like, a little bit more... I guess, like, concrete than the example today of, you know, my friends cleaning up and I wasn't really cleaning up and I got stressed, whatever. But my point is, I think sometimes when I'm in that anxious spiral, my brain is getting ahead of itself. You know what I mean? Like, I think when we get so anxious about how people think about us or how people feel about us or, you know, their perceptions of who we are as a person, so much of that is based off our own minds. And I was, like, so stressed about, 
you know, feeling this way today that I called one of my friends that I was stressed about. And I was like, I just want to make sure you're not mad. Like, is everything okay? Is everything all right? Like, was I too mean? Was I this or that? And she literally just said, like, Claire, you're just having an anxious day. This is all in your head. Everything's okay. And to some people, that might seem, like, really rude. And I'm here to tell you that it's absolutely not. I think, like, one of the most helpful things sometimes, at least for me, is when people are able to, like, recognize, okay, Claire's feeling really anxious. And just, like, tell that to me. Because I think, like I said, sometimes I get so ahead of myself and I jump, like, ten steps ahead of what I am building out a situation to be that it's not grounded in reality. And I don't take the step to recognize that my brain might be playing tricks on me in a sense. You know? And so I think for another person to be outside of my scope of, like, what I'm seeing and be like, you know what, Claire, you're just having an anxious day. It's okay. You're just overthinking things like you're all good, we're all fine. And that gives me kind of the tangible information of my friends are not mad at me. They did not perceive that anything that I did was wrong and they don't think of me as a horrible person. And obviously in real life I can't always rely on an outside source to give me that validation. Like every time I have a panic attack I can't go to my friends and be like, tell me that I'm anxious or tell me that we're fine or whatever because, you know, as a friend, obviously my friends support me and love me and want the best for me, but that's also pretty taxing to them, you know, like if I'm expecting that of them all the time. But I feel like I'm rambling and I don't even know what point I'm (laughs) trying to make. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that one thing that I realize is helpful is trying to, in my moment of anxiety, take a step back and be like, what are the facts that I know for sure? And that can be really, really hard because, and this sounds really weird, but I was talking to a friend about this the other day. Sometimes when you're in a state of, like, panic or depression or anxiety, as weird as this sounds, for those of us that have dealt with this for our whole lives, something about those emotions is almost comfortable where we're sitting in them and we're kind of, like, down on ourselves and anxious and whatever, but it feels comfortable. It feels like a place where we know what's going to happen and we know what to expect. So sometimes it can be hard to be like, okay, this is a feeling that I don't want to be having right now and I need to do something about it. And that, for me, can be really challenging, too. And I think even in the car, you know, when I started having these feelings, in a way I was either like, okay, I'm going to call these people and just, like, talk it out get that validation that I need right now, or I'm going to go on the podcast and see if I can, at least for myself, kind of logically think this out and rationalize, I guess, not rationalize, that's not the word I'm looking for, but like make sense of what I'm feeling and what I can do next time, because, you know, I've dealt with anxiety and depression and all of these feelings for like, you know, half my life, basically, and like I said, sometimes you get really comfortable in those feelings, and I think what's challenging for me now is to really, like, make myself do the hard work of getting out of those feelings. And whether that's me trying to ground myself in truth and what my friends know about me and what my friends think of me and whatever, or whether that's, like, you know, going on here and making a podcast that who knows if this even makes sense. But I think I just need to be better about doing that and 
I guess the whole purpose of this podcast was to kind of hash out, like, how can you, if you also experience anxiety, you know, these, like, hard, tough feelings, how can you get out of it in, in that moment in a way that's maybe not so kind of, like, kitschy coping mechanism, I guess? And I'm not trying to, like, bash that at all, but I think, you know, at least speaking for myself, I feel like sometimes that's just, like, I know that's not going to do it for me. Um, and so I, I hope this podcast made sense to you and can be helpful to you. I think to wrap it all up, the main little nugget of wisdom that I would give you is to just, as much as possible, try to ground yourself in the truth and try to, you know, like, what going to say? Ground yourself in the truth and also recognize that on the other side of the hard work is going to be the reward. So, like I said, it can be so hard to, you know, get yourself out of that feeling and want to push through, but know that the hard work will get you to the place that you want to be. And I think those are my two nuggets for today. Thank you guys for listening. I'm so happy to have you back and to be back. And I'm hoping that within the next couple episodes, I will have some guest speakers. I have a couple of ideas that I am really excited to talk about. I think one of the things I want to talk about is, like, addiction. Another thing I want to talk about is, like, kind of, like, family challenges. So, like, going through a divorce or going through, you know, a sibling being engagement or that sort of thing. So look forward to that in the future. But remember that you are loved, you matter, and that it is a great day to be alive. So I hope you have a wonderful day, and thank you for listening.